Welcome back, and as always, let's get straight into it. Today's discussion is about the three different types of moments I have felt the most freedom. These did not just happen once in my life, they come and they go, and as I always do, recognize patterns to understand why I keep doing them and why I feel like they're a great part of my life regardless of what people around me tell me. There was a moment in my life where I realized that sometimes I do have to listen to the observations of other people and what they think about my behavior and how it impacts them. But there's also a boundary for you to venture into what you still think is appropriate and healthy and and good for you in a sense while taking in that feedback. So about a couple years ago, actually about four years ago, I learned to listen to that feedback, to hear it out, and to take what I can from it that won't hurt me and that won't hurt the other person, to take the good out of it, but to still venture out in my own and to be a student of life, to wake up every day and reinvent myself in ways that regardless of whether it's acceptable to everyone in my life or everyone in society, because again, there just, there has to be a line. And although my line is a little bit more exotic, it's okay because it's my life. So let's get into it. The first type of moment where I felt the most freedom is when I go to extremes. This is something that my friends know about me and it's something that they don't necessarily like because extremes just means that you're going back and forth and you're technically not really the same person. It's the same kind of habit, but depending on the habit that you choose to take on obviously differentiates your accessibility and your time and effort that you give out to the world. And so, for example, we'll use an example to make it easier. Me not having a phone. Me not having a phone is something that my friends are used to because I've done it in different ways. The idea was, and I use not having a phone as the title, but the idea was not being as accessible. And so at some point in my life early on, and again, these can be these can be trauma-triggered coping mechanisms for sure. But again, I learned from them and on my healing journey, I'm figuring that out. So if we're talking about something and it's like, whoa, that's trauma, don't worry about it. I, I know, trust me, I know. And we're working on it, but it still doesn't negate the fact that it's helped me in a way or two, regardless of what everyone thinks, because it's my observations. The no phone extreme starts with either not having a phone at all, limiting your access to a phone, or for example, what I did most recently, which was having an Apple Watch and not a phone at all. Now, can I really tell you in detail to you why not having a phone was important to me? Not really. And with the three things that I'm going to list as of today, right now, and maybe we can do a part two of detailing exactly the outcome and the consequences of inhabiting these moments of freedom and why I think they're helpful and why you should try them. But for today, let's just venture into what they are and kind of just define them. The no phone was always about me being less accessible both to people in my life and to me being accessible to the world. And I know that sounds awful, but in a world where there's just so much noise, I felt like my time to disconnect, I needed more time than the average person. And I felt like my quality of life was way better when I wasn't on my phone. 
the days where I, I go and I leave my phone at home and the days that I hang out with my friends and my phone is far away or the days that I just use my phone for about 30 minutes to an hour max. Those are the days that I have found I've retrieved the most amount of benefit from them. And I think that's for a reason. I think having your phone and always being available is not something that I wanted constantly in my life. The other part of it was the distraction and entertainment. Uh, there was just a lot of things on there. I mean, I didn't really have a lot of games and a lot of apps that would waste my time. I had the regular apps, but again, you have uh, rabbit holes within apps like social media, all those platforms. And the third thing was a waste of time. I felt like the times where I was using my phone without a purpose, without setting my intentions first about why I'm picking up my phone, were a waste of time for me because I would just venture out into my phone and check all these different apps to see if someone needed me and it was a little bit chaotic in my head and it still is honestly. A tip that I try to do right now that you guys it can be a little takeaway is that I do set my intention before I pick up my phone. So if I get a message I don't always open it right there right then depends who it is obviously um, but most of the time I don't answer messages right away and uh, the people in my life are not really super happy about that. But again, uh, my health dictates certain standards. And as of today, those are those are it. So set your intentions before you pick up your phone. Even if you don't get a notification, which I have all my notifications silenced, except for text message and phone calls. But any other app that exists on my phone is not allowed to send me notifications. And I think that's fair game. So set your intentions, get notifications off. Honestly, I mean, if you can get off social media, only use it once a week or less, depending on how big it is on your life and financially or non-financially, just that's another conversation for another day. But um, me and social media don't get along very well. Moment number two is obsession. Again, it goes back to the extremes a little bit, but with obsession, this is a little bit more long term. It is, it is the obsession with not wanting to be comfortable now, this was really bad in college, and I met one of my friends who is really good at being comfortable at a healthy level, and she taught me that not only did I deserve to be comfortable in some form, but that I should seek it out, when before I never did that at all. Now, I do think there's different types of comfort levels. Level one is probably when you give yourself everything that you want, regardless of its consequences, and so that in could include being on your phone for on average four to six hours a day which believe it or not that is the average if not more I mean some people really make it to eight so after this podcast maybe go check out how many hours you spend on your phone the second level of comfort is the one where you just give yourself what you need which is just what you need to survive every day. It's not really being on survival mode because survival mode is really a desperate mode, but it's just in the sense where you have enough to eat, you get enough sleep, you do everything that you need to do up to the optimal level in your life without all the extra wants. And again, just a quick summary. And the third level, because we love our levels and we love patterns and progression, our third one is really actually about seeking out and getting rid of even more the needs that you've used in level two. 
And so what that means is that means when you get to level three, you try to shed a little bit of that weight. You try to lose weight and like, okay, let's fix these habits. I don't need two hours of entertainment a day. I did need it a year ago and that's valid. Everything's relative. It's valid. But now I'm looking to progress. I'm looking to become better. So let me shed some of those off. Let me, you know, you you get something and you try to mold it. And so level three is really where you work with yourself to become better in a sense with being comfortable because at the end of the day if you want to be successful you do have to sacrifice some things and the first thing is always your comfort level you can't if you're comfortable your entire life and you expect to be successful without competing with what's out in the world it'll definitely be a dilemma of some sorts again always compete with yourself but there has to be a benchmark for anything and and that means the external world so that's a factor But when you wake up every day, are you better than you were yesterday? And that's always the goal. And finally, our final moment is about failure. It's something to where I've constantly heard that failure is not final, but it is formative. And the reason it took me a long time to understand and I'm still trying to understand is because when it comes to failure, you have to do it. Surprisingly, with all of these, though, is that they require a certain level of action where if you don't engage yourself enough, you're not really eating the most out of it. And so number one, you could try to do within your comfort zone. Number two, in order to reach level three, you have to be able to get out of your comfort zone in one way or another. But then definitely, if you want to get to level three, you must, you have to. It's almost a prereq to eliminate your comfort zone in a sense to be able to practice failure um, to be able to to learn lessons from it i look back right now and the times where i was at my lowest or we consider failures whatever you define it just like success you have to define failure however you define it i wouldn't take any of those back i mean in the moment they were just horrible and you can imagine me being uh, emotionally driven how failure when I am in the process of failing, how my emotions adjust to that? And the answer is they don't. They kind of just, they're kind of just there, um, really, really telling me the worst of the worst. And so when you fail more and more and it becomes often in your life, you tend to obviously just react to it better. You respond to it better. At first, it is sometimes a reaction. Then you learn how to respond to it. And during the times which I do fail, I actually journal that out to understand my progress. And journaling does help when you are feeling overloaded in a sense. And so another takeaway, when you're super overloaded, you write. When you're not as overloaded, you read. The most surprising thing about failure for me and about this third level of the types of moment I feel the most freedom is really just that I have learned more from the times that I have failed about myself, about what I want to do, about who I am, than I did any other time I sought out to understand myself. The moments when you are most down not only tell you more about yourself, but it tells you about the people around you. It really tells you who can you go to with bad news or good news in your life and who look at you and step outside of themselves to just understand you, to be there for you in a way. I wanted to take the moment today to welcome, to introduce and fairly define these three types of moments that I felt the most freedom in that I still do, just to get your mind rolling a little bit. 
I'm not sure if we'll do a, a part two or not to detail them out. It just depends on the feedback, if it's something that you guys want to hear or not. But you must look at yourself to understand your different types of moments that you felt freedom, regardless of what the external world is telling you. And when you're searching for those, understand that it looks in different ways. I use the word freedom because I literally feel like I'm free from something that has been holding me back. And for you, that could be different. I seek out freedom because I seek out clarity and calmness and peace in my life. And these are the ways that I felt most peaceful and calm and I felt the most tranquility. For you, you might seek out other other areas of your life that you want to be more of. You might want to be more happy. You might want to be more strict. You might want to be more grateful. You seek out, you identify those concepts and those ideologies that you want more of. And then you seek out the ways again it always goes back to one of these concepts that we talk about which is the principle of what you want to do and the different methods that you can go on to achieve it i have a principle that i want to be as true to myself as possible that's the principle that i live my life based on to venture out to get to know myself better and to become better the methods of getting there right now embody these three types of moments that we've talked about and for you your principle and the methods that you choose can embody and become all sorts of different concepts and ideas that we haven't discussed. And so I'm sharing my personal experience, but yours could be even more wonderful than this if you just decide to start.